This is the Austin Life Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Austin Life Church. My name is Mike Mobley. I'm one of the pastors here. You've probably heard by now, but just in case you uh, haven't, we were planning on resuming in-person gatherings on Sunday, June 21st. We have delayed that to Sunday, July 12th. The more we've been talking with people in the medical community and just to see what's best for everyone, especially from a health perspective, uh, we decided just to delay uh, in-person services for a few more weeks. And so be on the lookout for more news from us on that, and you can see everything online uh, as well. Last week, Corey did an excellent job talking about how the gospel is for all people in all places. It's honestly, it's one of the best messages I've heard about just with everything that's going on in our world currently. He talked about pride, you know, preferring self over another, how the answer to fighting racial injustice and gender equality and classism begins in recognizing our sinful pride, if we were to be honest. It runs deep in all of us and how we can be transformed by the humble love of Jesus. So if you didn't get a chance to watch that or listen to that, I'd really encourage you to go. You can go on our website, our app, Facebook, YouTube, basically anywhere you can find media and uh, listen to that, watch that, um, even download the worship guide from that message. Super powerful and really fitting for the times uh, we're in right now. I wanted to talk about something this morning that I personally think is, is a huge deal. Uh, something that I think everyone would agree is important, but at the same time, it gets, it gets brushed past and we just move on to other, other things. It's something that it seems to be getting more and more difficult with each and every passing generation and something that in this season specifically, I think it's been crippling for all of us. And that something is our minds. I want to talk about our minds, how important they are, what the Bible has to say about them, how did Jesus handle his mind, and how we can find help. We're told in the Bible that as followers of Jesus, we're in a war. The Bible has strong language uh, towards this. And our battle is not with flesh and blood ultimately, but that our weapons of warfare are not of flesh, but they have divine power to destroy strongholds, arguments, and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Transform meaning to make a thorough and dramatic change. We as followers of Jesus, our minds must undergo a dramatic change, right? A thorough work there. Otherwise, honestly, we don't really have a chance in this war, as the Bible says, when it comes to our minds. Not only that, but we're told to continue to renew them, that by the testing, we can discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect for us. It's strong language. There's a language like war, battles and testing and it's right here black and white in the bible so it would be 
it'd be pretty ridiculous not to take these things seriously, to not take what's happening up in our minds seriously. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. It's crucial we take every thought captive to obey Christ. We've got to do this if we want to actually follow Jesus and be obedient. And we're going to talk about in just a second, what does it mean to take them captive? Like, how do you actually do that? Philippians 4, 4 through 8 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Reflect on them. Slow down. Think about it. True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. So how important is this really? Chances, it's possible you're listening or watching this and you kind of already checked out. You're like, oh, we're going to talk about the mind. For some reason, it's just not really um, a topic we spend a lot of time on. There's lots of things we could be talking about right now, especially with what's going on in our culture. But let me challenge you to just to say, in my personal conviction, is that this might be one of the most important things we can talk about at the moment. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. We talk about this verse a lot, especially within Austin Life. Our mission is to lead people to life in Jesus, right? We believe life in Jesus is able to be experienced for all of us right here, right now. Jesus has come that we may have abundant life today. But sometimes we were kind of quick to go past the first half of that verse. The thief only comes to steal kill, and destroy. We have a real enemy, someone who opposes us consistently, relentlessly. Whether we follow Jesus or not, he's actively trying to steal, kill, and destroy you and me and all of us. The primary way our enemy comes at us is at our minds. If you think about it for a second, if Satan showed up at your door, right, or you ran into him or some of his demons on the street, odds are you'd probably be like, hey, that's an enemy, not good, you run the other way. But that's not how the Bible describes him. In 2 Corinthians, we can read up on what was going on at that time with false apostles. And in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15, it says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. 
their end will correspond to their deeds. Now, of course, it's possible for Satan to show himself as obvious. Chances are he's not going to do that. And he's going to show up in deceiving ways, in whispering lies in our ears or in lies through others. It's not always going to be obvious. And in fact, a lot of times, honestly, it's going to sound good or even maybe pleasing to us, even though his end game is our destruction. So, so what do we do? What do we do with this mind that we're talking about? What do we do when we have an enemy who is actively opposing us and being relentless, coming at us all the time? Luckily, Jesus modeled this for us perfectly. And as soon as we start reading the accounts of Jesus as an adult, there's a time that we read in the Gospels that he goes into the desert for 40 days or 40 nights. You may have heard about this before. He goes, yeah, we know Jesus goes into the desert 40 days or 40 nights. But there's something really powerful that happens here. you got to imagine, he's actually in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. It's not a metaphor. It actually literally took place, right? I go outside for two minutes today, maybe one minute today, and I'm hot. I'm sweating. I'm kind of hot right now, actually. You might even see a little, some sweat come down. Now, imagine Jesus. Imagine being in the desert 40 days and 40 nights. So here comes the enemy trying to tempt Jesus when he's weak. He tries to tempt him three different times, and here's how Jesus responds every single time. He says, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The second time he says, Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And then the third time Jesus says, then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and in him only shall you serve. Every single time Jesus responds with scripture. What do you think that tells us? If Jesus, the son of God, who is equally God, equally man, responds to Satan with scripture, he obviously knows how to combat the enemy and he uses scripture to do that. What do you think that says for us? I think it comes down to three things. Number one, we've got to read our Bibles. We've got to read them. And not just read and go, okay, cool, I'm done for the day. Meditate on them. Memorize Scripture. Actively intaking Scripture into our minds and constantly filling up on the Word of God. Jesus knew the Word. He modeled for us the primary way to respond to the enemy. So why do we think we have a fighting chance at all mentally if we don't know the word, if we're not reading the Bibles? We we won't have a chance. Ephesians 6 mentions that the Bible is our only offensive weapon when talking about the armor of God, right? The word is called the sword in the spirit, okay? So it's the only offensive weapon. There's armor we can put on in Ephesians 6, and the only offensive weapon against the enemy is a sword, is the word. So it's kind of like we go into battle every day with no sword at all. So basically, just imagine maybe a scene like Braveheart, right? That's kind of a cool battle scene. Well, multiple battle scenes there. And you're just in the middle of the field 
the the war or the battle, whatever's going on, and it's just like, what's up, everyone? Like, let's throw down, let's do this thing. While you're not holding any kind of a weapon whatsoever, you're dead. I mean, maybe two seconds. I mean, maybe two seconds so they're laughing at you before they just completely destroy you, right? Like, I, I know that sounds, it sounds pretty silly, sounds pretty ridiculous. No one's going to walk out there without a sword. But that's exactly what we're doing every single day when we're not intaking scripture. We act like we're going to walk out of our house, go into the world, I guess serve the Lord and love people well with no sword along the way into a battle. It's not going to work. We've got to take up the sword of the Spirit. So number one, we've got to read our Bibles. Number two, we've got to know Scripture really well. In order to discern and test what is the will of God, right? It's what we just read about earlier. There's so many false teachings in our world right now. We live in a day where you, where you can believe in whatever you want to believe in and how there's no right or wrong anymore. When everyone can make up their own truth, there's new doctrines and teachings coming up every single year. So how in the world are we supposed to handle all that? Are we supposed to go and learn every single new teaching and then come back and compare that to the Bible? What do we do when, including all the new ones, so many false teachings are just flooding our minds all the time? How do we handle that? The U.S. Treasury has this problem with counterfeit money. There's lots of things we could talk about the U.S. Treasury. We don't have enough time to cover all those topics today. But there's counterfeit money. Every year, there's more bills circulating around. I know that's hard for us to believe because we don't really use cash a lot. But it's true. Every year, new bills, new fake bills circulating around the world. And so what do they do? right? How would they handle, let's say, if it's a fake $100 bill going around? Do they go track down every single counterfeit $100 bill, bring it back and research it and try to discern the difference between the fake one and the real one? No, that's not what they do. Now, they do a lot of research and study. I mean, a lot of, a lot of research and study, but on one thing, on the actual real $100 bill. They study just the one thing because they know if they study and research that enough, when fake bills come in, you can tell like that when it's fake. You just know because you know the real thing. That's the same way we should be treating the very word of God that he's given us. We should study and know the word so much that it's painfully obvious when fake teachings come in, you, just, you can spot them for fakes. You know when it's false. You just go, nope, that doesn't line up with Scripture. But how are you going to know that? We have to know Scripture really well. So we've got to read our Bibles. We've got to know the Word. Number three, we've got to respond to lies with the truth. We actually have to respond. Because we can read and know the Bible, but if we don't respond to the lies... That's like we're picking up our sword on the battlefield and we're just holding it. That's not going to do us any good. You're just going to look at the enemy and be like, here's my sword, and not do anything else. That, that's weird. You have to actually use the sword. It's pretty incredible. And I say incredible not in a good way. Maybe I shouldn't have just said incredible. 
uh, it's pretty amazing. Well, no, amazing is the wrong word too. Whatever it is, it's a big deal, and it's crazy how much we lie to ourselves. I don't know if you've experienced this, but we tell ourselves lies upstairs a lot. Sometimes the enemy is not even feeding us a lie. Sometimes we're, we're feeding it to ourselves. It could be because of our sinfulness, whether we follow Jesus or not, but we're lying. And then the enemy comes in on top of that and feeds us even more lies. It's like he pours fuel on the fire. Mental health in general and things like anxiety, they've been a huge battle for me over the years. And I've been going through some roller coasters of emotions from my past and today. And the older I'm getting, I know this may still continue. And I used to get fixated on the, on the fix. Like, what was, what was the fix? What was the source of my issues mentally? So how could I address that? But I realized and it's, it's taken a long time, I realized I was asking the wrong question. Now, I can't speak to every single mental health issue. I understand that. But I know for me personally, what I needed to focus on was the Lord. What I needed to focus on was the ability to take my thoughts captive, to not fixate on the source of my problems, but to fixate on the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit to deliver me through my problems. Because we're not guaranteed that mental issues and everything that could be going on in our minds is ever going to go away this side of heaven. Sin, and while sin still exists, we may just have crippling mental issues going on the rest of our lives. So the question isn't, how can I address the mental issue to get rid of it? The question is, how can I still obey and follow the Lord through the issue? Because if we're believing what the Word says, we're believing God will equip us and provide for us every step of the way, regardless of what issue we may be going through in life. And that's for every trial, for every circumstance, every situation. It's really hard to remember that. And it's really hard to remember that if we're not reading the Word, if we don't know the Word. Listen, whatever you're facing in your mind right now, lies or not, if it's not happening today, unfortunately, I promise you the day is going to come where lies are going to come in. Sometimes it's going to be obvious, and sometimes not so much. It's best we prepare our minds for war and take up the sword of the Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to give us power and to re renew our minds. So, so how, do we, how do we do this? How do we respond to lies with the truth. So I want to do something uh, today. I want to take the next few minutes and I want to actually do that with you right now. It give me the opportunity to respond to lies that we hear and it gives you the opportunity to respond to lies that you hear, maybe hearing today. Uh, so you can write these down if you want. We'll also include them in the worship guide uh, attached to this message. But for the next few minutes, let's take this time Reflect on God's word and respond. So here are different things you may hear, whether it be from the enemy, the enemy using someone, or even things that you may just hear from yourself and how to respond to these lies with the truth. No one could understand how hopeless I feel right now. 
I'm so overwhelmed. Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Are you really saved? How can you be sure? And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. There's no reason to tell anyone about your sin. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. You know, the Bible doesn't really say Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Your life has no value and no purpose. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. Listen, I'm addicted and there's no way out regardless of how much I try. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I've believed in God since I was born. I don't really need to know or believe in Jesus. James 2.19 says, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. I'm just gonna add to that. It's not enough just to believe in God. It's belief in Jesus and choosing to follow him for the rest of your life. Listen, you don't have to forgive people, especially if they've hurt you. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. If I had more money, my life would be easier. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. I don't trust the Bible since men made it up. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Listen, looking at people lustfully or at things online is okay if I don't really do anything with that. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Why should I help someone when they can help themselves? If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. You don't really have to memorize scripture. It's not that important anyway. 
I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I don't really have to be generous. We talk about generosity and giving a lot, but it's kind of a modern thing. I don't, I don't think that's quite serious, is it? The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Two more here. What's the point of doing these things for the Lord? It's not worth it. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Is there really anything to look forward to in the end? He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Listen, it's not enough for us to just stop thinking about lies when they come into our minds. We can't just brush them off and go on with our day. The enemy is relentless and he's gonna keep coming at us, but God is greater. And by reading, knowing, and responding with scripture, we can respond and push out the lies in our minds and replace them with the truth of God's word. May we be a people who, just like Jesus said, would live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let's pray. God, we're so incredibly thankful for your word. We're thankful for truth that can push out lies, regardless of wherever they come from, from the enemy, from ourselves, from friends, from strangers, from neighbors, from coworkers. Holy Spirit, would you move and would you increase our faith and discernment of your word? And would you just increase our desire for more of you that we'd actually want to read our Bibles, that we'd actually be joyful reading our Bibles. It wouldn't just be something to check off of our list, but something that we'd want to keep coming back to because we want to keep coming back to you. That while we may have time with you, God, as at one point during the day, I pray it'd be all day, at all times. Would you please increase our desire to read your word, to know your word, and then to respond to lies with your truth. Take a moment now just to reflect on God and his goodness and maybe a way for you to respond to him right now when it comes to his word, when it comes to Christ, when it comes to whatever it is that you've been hearing in your mind or maybe what you've been telling yourself uh, today or last week or in this season of time. We're just going to take a moment here and give everyone a chance just to respond to the Lord.
God, we love you and we praise you. May you be glorified and receive all the praise and honor and glory today. It's in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church Podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.